The advice given on sex and other human activities is for entertainment purposes only. If you've got a question for us, send us an email at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. Man in the soccer field and he's got a yellow card that he's pulling out. And nobody in the World Cup likes to see a yellow card and play. In the and game in the World Cup. And a game in the World Cup. Game in the World Cup. Because the game is having a game. <laughs> Welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski, and we were just making fun of the World Cup games. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing them here at the Creek in the Cave, and there were three men who were not uh, amused by our antics. Because we were singing what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a man from Ghana that fell down on the floor. And then a man in a yellow, he screams at a man in a green. And then they hit the ball again. <laughs> they did not like it. They don't, man. They were and very unimpressed. I understand. I did liken it to uh, Doug making jokes while I watched Terms of Endearment, yeah. which made me very mad because it's a very <laughs> fucking sad movie. God, I love that movie. I could watch that movie a million times. Oh, yeah. I, get, I had that same thing uh, in my ho- household. The, uh, my girlfriend would make jokes about, like, during Game of Thrones, even oh. though she loves it well, but still, like, making jokes all throughout and making, like, snide comments. And I get all pissed off. And her show is Mad Men. And we were watching Mad Men, and I was doing the same thing, like, fucking making jokes, like, oh, fatty boom boom, buddy. And she just looked at me. She's like, it's not funny. <laughs> serious. You're ruining it. You're ruining it for me. It's like, oh, does someone now know what it's like to watch the Night's Watch battle episode? <laughs> Do they now? Nom, 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 nom. Fuck off. Man, you can't sling the shit if you can't take the shit. Oh, that's right. And I usually can't take it, but I do love slinging. I'm really bad at taking it. <laughs> <laughs> but unless, if it's at people I don't know, like the people watching the World Cup, then I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's totally fine. And come on, they're, they're just doing their thing out there. There's, what, 300 World Cup games? They're yeah, fine. Yeah, it's fine. It lasts for a month. Yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or if they're not, I'll... That's good, too. The bar's not even open yet, so it's like, what are they doing? Just watching a game for fun? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what were you wanting to talk about today? You had had a conversation earlier on. Oh, yeah. So I was talking to my mom, and this is, I mean, it's a little deep, but I was talking to my mom, and I was talking about my niece, which I don't know if I've ever really openly talked about my niece on here before. She's a weird kid, and not in a weird, like, a, oh, she's zany, or, like, why does she do that? She just has um, a lot of anxiety. She's an extremely anxious child. She cries at the drop of a hat. She has, like, out-and-out tantrums. She is never happy. Yeah. And and it's hard, and I've always seen this in her, but you know, it's like, oh, you know, she'll grow out of it. Oh, yeah, my sister's fucking crazy. Yada, yada, yada. But we're all crazy. We all have it in us. But now it's hitting a point where is this something that we should address? Yeah. That she she's never happy. And there's no reason for it. It's not like, I mean, you know, she's well taken care of. She has a mother. She has a pseudo father. She has two <laughs> grandparents, that, like two sets of grandparents that are heavily involved in her lives. She has a million friends. They live in a rich neighborhood. So on the outside, it's like, 
she is well cared for. Yeah. So now it comes to the step of, I was just talking with my mother, I'm like, is there a possibility that maybe she should start talking to someone? How old is she? She's eight. Okay. And that's a hard thing. And my mom immediately, because Henry and I were both diagnosed early mm-hmm. and my mom wouldn't put us on medication. We were first diagnosed with ADHD, which as children, my mom was like, of course they don't pay attention. They're children. Yeah. So she refused to put us on medication for that, which is fine because she worked with us. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I have a problem with putting children on medication myself, a big problem with it, but I have no problem whatsoever with the kids seeing somebody. I think that she should start to talk to someone. And I don't know. I didn't know. Did you talk to someone young? Oh, God, no. I didn't talk to anybody until I was about 20. Yeah. And and I started around 15, which I mean, it was I was forced to by the school. So it wasn't even my choice. But I feel like now, though, is it too wishy-washy of a generation that it's like, oh, she should start talking to someone? Because my mom was just immediately like, whoa, 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 she's not crazy. And I'm like, that doesn't, I'm not saying she's crazy. No. I'm saying that she's really, she has, like, it's hard to talk to her because she's so sad. And she can't, and she has panic attacks. Like insane panic attacks that she can't even leave her room. She's so scared. And I mean, there's a lot of shit going on in the family of things that have been said in front of her and things like that, of things that like, I feel that she doesn't feel like she's wanted by anyone. And that's a hard thing to just fix. Like they're all working on it. They're trying to make it better. But you can't just, that's not something you just polish off of an an eight-year-old's brain. Oh God, no. And it's different than, like, my mom, who is good with talking about that kind of stuff, has tried. And I was like, I think that she needs someone that actually knows the questions of how to get an eight-year-old that's very shy to talk. Yeah. I, I've been thinking, you know, talking about Mad Men once again. There's a lot of <laughs> child psychology in that show. A lot of, like, kids going to psychiatrists. And it's, it's got, or psychologists, and it's got me thinking a lot about child psychology. It was kind of an uncomfortable question for me to ask and kind of an uncomfortable thing for me to think about. It's like, because I'm also like, I, my first instinct is to go towards, ah, she's just a kid. Or like, ah, she'll grow out of it or something like that. But then I also think it's, you know, what if we would have gotten our shit dealt with when we were younger? You know, would we be more, you know, well-rounded adults or would we be even more self-obsessed than we already are? Exactly. You know, like if you're going in, it's like, okay, I need you to talk about you and think about you the entire time. Uh, It's, I'm just not sure. I mean, this girl, it, it sounds like this is a pretty extreme case. If she's having panic attacks and if she's afraid to come out of her room, then that seems like that goes beyond shyness. And also, I feel like as someone that was now looking back, was plagued with panic attacks really young, and I never knew what they were. Mm-hmm. So it scares you. Yeah. You know, you don't understand what's going on. Like, she, oh, it's always a place of where she, she doesn't want to leave my sister's side, and she's eight. Mm-hmm. She should want to go play and go run out with her friends and go, and every time she tries to have a sleepover, she comes home in the middle of the night, which is... You know, that age. Yeah. But I feel like in my head, watching it from an outside perspective of that she hasn't even hit hormone puberty age mm. yet. So when she, like today was, she's always loved camp. She's obsessed with camp. She loves all her friends go there. She's been having insane tantrum panic attacks before she goes to camp. And 
the question is like, so is she being bullied? Yeah. Is there something that's going on at camp that she does? But it's not even just camp. Sometimes she'll do that about going to my mother's house. Sometimes she'll do that about going to her grandfather's house. It's like things like that where it's like, I don't think that because in my head, like that's also a trigger of like, oh, there's something wrong at camp. There's mm-hmm. there's someone that's hurting her at camp. There's so because I'm immediately going to the worst case scenario. Of course, but I don't voice those things to my mother. I'm just mm-hmm. like, well, maybe we could. We, she should talk about it. Yeah, but if it, it's if it if it happens, if she goes anywhere. Then that sounds like that's just something that's going on. That she's safe in her home and she knows that everything's good there with her mother. And then she goes anywhere else, then she'll go out of her fucking mind. Then yeah, I think she should probably talk to somebody. Child psychology is weird. It's it's real weird and it's very uncomfortable. I mean, it's and that's what we talk about a lot on here is we talk about parents. Uh, really not wanting to admit that there's something wrong with their children and not wanting to broach the subject that there's possibly some sort of mental illness going on in a kid. And I think the younger the kid is, the harder it is to admit. Uh, if someone's, if you're like at eight, and because I think it's, it's also in the parent's mind, I mean, this is, of course, this is something that you just can't help. It's just a way of thinking that you can't help. It's a way of thinking that, all right, well, this is for the rest of my life. Like, this kid, all right, like, I can't ignore this and say, like, ah, she'll grow out of it. I can't put it off. It's a form of procrastination. You can't just say, like, all right, she'll grow out of it. Maybe if I just wait. But if you take her to somebody, then that's an admission that there is something wrong at a very early age. And that's fucking rough. But at the same time, it's like my sister is extremely bipolar. She is on a lot of medication. There... It's direct. Yeah. We're all we all have it. It's in our blood. Unfortunately, just like the same thing is that she eats the same thing as all the other kids, and she's still a fat eight year old. Yeah, and that's gonna be some another layer on top of all of that stuff that she's gonna start dealing with soon. That she's already starting to deal with. Yeah, that she won't wear bigger clothes because it's bigger, too big than the other girls wear. So she's been wearing these tight. And I'm just like, oh my god! Mm. And it's like, how can you have children? I, again, I can't even imagine watching <laughs> a child go through what I went through. It's so hard. Yeah. And especially, it's another stigma on top of it. Going to see a child psychiatrist. It's all these things. Yeah. So I am actually curious if any of the listeners did go to, if they went to a therapist or if you started medication early on in life. Any perspective that you guys have on this subject at yeah. all? Uh, like, because, like I said, you know, I know 15, 16 isn't that late in life, but according to what I was going through, it was way too late. Yeah. I mean, not too late. Obviously, I'm still working on things, but. You know, I've got a friend that went on uh, Prozac at like 14 uh, uh, and still to this day suffers hardcore short term memory loss. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It fucked her up pretty good. Do uh-huh. they use Prozac? Any is Prozac? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They still they still use it. Uh, they absolutely still use it. But like at a young age, it can fuck you up pretty good when your brain is. That's why I'm kind. That's why I'm unless in, it's in the most absolute extreme cases, very much against medication against children because you're introducing a foreign chemical into a brain that's still developing. Yeah. You know, it's also the same thing as you know, like smoking weed when you're really young or fucking. Uh, drinking when you're really long, young, you're f- introducing like a foreign element into a brain that's still developing. Uh, and you know, weed that's you know, like weed's not terrible, like we understand that quite a bit. That is like weed is a fucking weed is weed, 
THC is THC. Like, that is, we know what it does to a brain. We are very, very fucking sure as to what it does. But a lot of these, you know, drugs, they haven't been around that long. And brain chemistry is still mostly guesswork. Like, they're just, the shit that I take uh, for, for my bipolar, it was originally used for people who had seizures. And then they just happened to notice that it also worked for bipolar people as well. Oh, my God. So, ah. they, <laughs> so they just started giving it to bipolar. And it worked great. I've been on it for fucking eight years. Uh, and it works fucking great for me. But it's such guesswork. And to throw that at a kid. And it's, you know, and it's not to say that, you know, younger listeners out there, it's not to say that if you are prescribed a medication by a medical professional that you shouldn't take it. I'm not saying that at all. Because there are definitely cases that it is needed. There are absolutely, it's extremely needed. There are absolutely cases where it is uh, very much needed and can be uh, very helpful. Uh, but there are many cases where it is not need- needed. And well, we just talked in class, and that's why they were like, oh, give him Ritalin. Yeah. Because that was the start of all that, of when we were kids. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you should just get him, give him Ritalin. I was like, no, I'm just going to tell them not to talk in class anymore, <laughs> and I'm going to ride their asses about it. And that's what she did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's also, it comes down once again to, you know, if you're, you know, if you're a kid and, they're trying to put you on medication. If it's something that you can't help, if it's something that, you know, you're extremely depressed and you really can't help what's going on uh, and it's something that you think could possibly help you out and pull you out of the fucking hole you're in, then by all means, yes, you know. But if you're just being a little asshole... And you know when you're being a you little know. asshole. You know like, when you, you have no control over it. Yeah. You know when you have no control over something, and you know when you're just being a dick. That's something that you can decide to not do. That's something you can decide. You can decide to not be a dick. But I mean, but if you have depression, you can't decide to not be depressed. You might need some help on that. But if you're just being an asshole, then you can stop being an asshole. You can take the fucking steps to not do that anymore. Uh, But if you need to talk to somebody to help you to not be an asshole, then you should do that because not being an asshole sometimes is really rough. It's yeah. really hard. <laughs> Sometimes uh, it's a lot easier to be an asshole. Yeah. Oh no! All the time, it's yeah. easier to be an asshole. <laughs> it's an a- it's all the time. It's easier to be an asshole. But sometimes you do have to talk to somebody to teach you how to not be an asshole. Sometimes it's just something that you just kind of have to figure. Like, why do I act like this? Why do I do these things? It's just because you just weren't taught how. You weren't taught how to not be a dick. Uh, but if you talk to somebody, that's, you know, I mean, fuck, man. That's almost what psychi- psychologists are there for, is they're teaching you how to not be a dick, how to fucking keep your life together, how to keep your shit together, and how to be happy. So By giving you an hour of talking about you yeah. to for you to figure out, it's like, oh, I just needed to get this out of my system. Yeah. I just needed, I to, just needed to deal with this for a second, and now I feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what your niece needs. Maybe she just needs to get it out for a little bit. Yeah. Just get some, you know, one-on-one I mean, She's a real attention. smart kid, right? She's very smart. Yeah. So that kind of shit will, 
fuck with you yeah. at a younger age. The smarter you are as a kid, the, I think the, it just makes her different. And that's why now it's like she doesn't want to read anymore. Because yeah. like, she started reading a lot younger than everyone else and all that stuff. So now she won't do it anymore. Yeah. But you just need someone to ask the right questions. I feel like that's what being you know a therapist is is just knowing how to ask the right questions absolutely and it you know sometimes you don't want to talk to your grammy about it <laughs> you know and that's what i was explaining to my mother she's like well she has me to talk to i'm like it's not the same no you can't always talk to grammy yeah you just can't that's uh, you know i think that's also that's something that a lot of parents have to realize that once their kids get to a certain age it's like there's just some shit they're not going to talk to you about yeah. Hopefully she'll talk to me someday about shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that with uh, with all my nieces and nephews yeah. as well, you know, except for, I mean, my, my oldest nephew, like, he's fine. I mean, he's fucking 17, 16, 17. He's got it figured out. Yeah, I got, I'm not worried about him. Friday Night Lights. He's yeah. He's a dream. Yeah, he's fucking, he's a football star. Right? He's uh, like this fucking, like, big, strong, like, hey, what's up? Like, hey, what's how you doing, man? <laughs> He's cooler than you. <laughs> He's so much cooler than I am. He's, He's so much fucking cooler. He's got like his fucking hot girlfriend. I didn't have a hot girlfriend in high school. I didn't fucking have that. I've fucking seen the pictures kid. of him. He's just yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I'm like Marcus, but awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even cool Uncle Marcus in New York. I'm weird Uncle Marcus in New York. But no, I got, you know, my uh, my my youngest nephew, he's he's a little weirdo, so I'll have a lot of fun with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's great. Uh, he's, my, he's my little buddy. And uh, then they grow up, and they're not your little buddy anymore. Shut up, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> he's always going to be my fucking little buddy. Mm, yeah. I'll be 30, and he's still going to be He's gonna be my age. I don't know. And he's still going to be my little buddy. I I'm going to be fucking 60 years old. Be like, hello, little buddy. How are you? And Is that how they talk at 60? That's how everyone talks at 60, Jackie. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Can't keep my bowels in. <laughs> I'm out of ginger ale. <laughs> you are out of ginger ale. No, I'm not. <laughs> I still got half a ginger ale here. Oh, bastard. Mm. Give me some of that ginger ale. Stop it. You want some? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite good. It's Canada dry. Mm. You want to get to our letters for today? Sure. I mean, i am just had my sip of ginger ale, so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> All right. This one is a guy. He uh, His nickname is Wolf. Ooh. Yeah. Like Russian wolf? Uh, at the W-O-L-P-H. So oh. I'm going to call it... Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> Actually, the, the German spelling is W-L-F, but still. Wolf. Wolf. It says, hey there, Marcus and Jackie. I'm about to be 23, and I'm a huge fan of last podcast and sex and other human activities. I've been contemplating for weeks now whether to, or not to write to you for advice because I tend to be the type of person who relies on himself. Not so now let's get down to it. I'm schizophrenic. About three years ago, I was put on medication for it because I was going through a period in time where I believed I was being possessed by a demon. I would hear voices in my head telling me to do really fucked up things to myself and other people, such as cutting my own face off or raping one of my friends. Visual hallucinations soon followed to accompany the voices. That being said, I became extremely interested in the occult almost to a fault, which is why I love Last Podcast so much. I would do what one friend dubbed as go somewhere where I would sit not responding to anything or anyone around for an extended period of time and then snap back like nothing happened, which made me go on a cocktail of meds. But like any kind of medication, there were side effects. I lost all passion. I was a zombie. 
Being an artist, I couldn't deal with be just being there constantly. I need to feel something. I deal with the medication. I dealt with the medication for uh, about two and a half years until I decided to stop taking them cold turkey. After the initial withdrawal, I felt great. I was happy. I was passionate about my art again and drawing on a daily basis until a few months ago. The voices slowly crept back in, into my brain and the visuals were starting to creep back within recent weeks. That's the background. Because of everything coming back, I had to make a few adjustments to the way I live my life, basically staying as relaxed as possible. Also, I made a backup plan in the form of small changes to my personality. I've started to include the things I hear into my personality because the boundary between reality and my mind is starting to blur and it's becoming harder to keep the two separate. Also, I'm in a job where I'm basically a human computer doing the same task all day every day and I'm constant, constantly locked in my head, which doesn't help. I don't want to go back on meds because even though I may be losing my mind, I'm still happy. So my question is how should I go about telling my friends and family uh, what's happening to me? And how should I go about handling what's in my brain before it's too late to go back, even though I might know the answer already? Thanks. Hell on. Be good dudes to each other. And always remember the universe is balance. Wolf. Got to get back on your medication, dude. Yeah. I'm sorry. It I'm sucks. real fucking sorry. It, it really, really, really sucks. And I feel for you, man. I really do. Like I said earlier... I fucking, you know, I've been on it for, for eight years and there is some stuff about my personality that I really fucking miss. Like things about my personality when I was in my, uh, you know, teens and early twenties before I had to start taking it. There's some things about myself that I really, really fucking miss, but I like living more. You know, I recently, earlier this week, actually, uh, I accidentally went off of my uh, medication for two days and by the second day I was thinking about stealing my boss's car how I would do it I was making plans right? how I would do it how I would get the keys what excuse I would use to use it uh, where I would go uh, what I would do once I got there of course didn't get that far because I didn't never actually decided where I was gonna go I just thought west uh, and I was starting to think, it's like, okay, well, my phone, I don't want people to call me because that's going to bum me out, but I'm still going to need my phone for directions and things like that. Uh, and it was a serious thought. Uh, and it's something, it's the type of thought that I'm three days off of medication from. Uh, in it's not, I mean, I don't know if I would actually go through with that. Uh, but the way it works is that I start thinking really hard about the really heavy things, like something really bad like that, and then it comes down, and I start doing shit that isn't as bad, but I'm still justifying, and it's like, well, at least I didn't do that fucking awful thing. Like, at least I didn't steal the car. You know, I instead, I can just go out and, you know, fuck a girl. I'll just do that. That's fine. You know, that's a nice bargain. You, unfortunately, um, it's much worse than that. You are potentially dangerous physically to other people. And to yourself. And to yourself. I mean, you are, I mean, you're, you're talking, you're, the voices in your head are, are, are telling you to, to, stat, to cut your own face off, to rape people. That's nothing to fuck around with. Like, that is... You know, as, as much as I hate to tell you, you know, to stop taking your medication, 
at this point, uh, for the sake of your own happiness, is extremely fucking selfish. You are trading a couple of months of happiness uh, for either a lifetime in prison or a lifetime in a mental institution. Because sometimes in schizophrenia, you say before it's too late to go back, you can lose it all, everything. And yeah, you can work on your art in the fucking psych ward. But is it worth it? Who's going to see it? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. And they're going to force you to take medication anyway. If you do something bad and you get committed, they are going to force you to take medication. And they're not going to give a shit. What they're going to do is they're going to fucking fill you full of Seroquel and all kinds of other shit and Klonopin and fucking all the shit that they give to schizophrenics. They're going to shove that shit down your fucking throat and you are not going to have a single say in how it's done, when you get out, or what happens to you on a day-to-day basis. You are going to be a shuffler. You think you were a zombie before? You are going to be a fucking... You are going to be worse than a fucking zombie because you're not going to have a life anymore. It's not going to fucking happen because you sound like that is where you're going. And, you know... Selfish is the best word for it. It's it's just... It's just... It's... Yeah. It's extremely selfish. And if you take medication, if you do it now, you can do this on your own terms. You know, you don't, you can do this in a way where you can still live life. You can find the balance between working on your art uh, and living life outside of a fucking facility that has bars on the window. You can work on how you can make your life good, how you can make yourself happy while still taking responsibility for what is going on inside your head because fuck a million a million times before it's not your fault but it's your fucking responsibility and this is is out of all the mental illnesses that there are schizophrenia is the biggest responsibility it's dangerous and, and now and like especially like nowadays where it's like you see people going crazy and hurting other people and not that you would necessarily be one of those people but you could it could be down the road of something that, you know, when you do lose the reality, when you do lose yourself to what's going inside on inside of your head and you can't control yourself anymore. Yeah. And that's also where you could be hurting loved ones, hurting people you don't know. Why bring that into this world? There's so and you have the capability of doing something about it where a lot of people don't. Yeah. And that is such an insane gift to have that, to be able to go to to talk to someone, to be able to get that kind of medication, take what you're able to get because there's, you know, there's a reason why you're able to get this kind of shit. Yeah. You know, like, please take advantage of it and help yourself. Give good to the fucking universe. We have to be good to each other and being good to each other starts with being good to yourself. Yeah. And being good to yourself is taking care of yourself and getting back on medication. Yeah, man. You said remember the universe's balance. You Remember have, yeah. the universe's balance. <laughs> you said that. Yes. You told us that. And in order for the universe to be balanced, you have to be balanced. And not being on medications, medication when you're schizophrenic, that is throwing the universe out of balance. That's throwing your own personal universe out of balance. And, uh, yeah, the universe is balanced, but you also got to make a fucking effort to meet it halfway. Also, you talk about your job. You're a human computer doing the same thing uh, every day. Get a different job. 
anything else. I'm sorry. You, you just, you, you have to get a different job. I mean, I know that's tough and I know that's real easy for us to say. I know it's real fucking easy for us to say. It's like, yeah, just go out and get a new job. But you have to make the fucking effort. But because you can this search job- for a new job while you have a job. That doesn't hurt. You can mm-hmm. look for another job. Yeah. And it just, it, it like this is a bad job for you. And I, I think it's another thing with people with mental illness is that you have to get the job that is good for you. The job that is right for you. I mean, I think that goes for everybody, but uh, I think especially if you if you suffer from shit, you have to take care of yourself a lot more. You know, people that can go, there are a lot of people that can go nine to five in a job that they don't particularly like. Uh, they can come home, they can put it behind them, and everything's fine. You know, they can spend their nights doing whatever, they can spend their weekends doing whatever, uh, and everything's good. Some people can't do that. I can't do that. You know, personally, I, I've tried it and I, I couldn't do it. It just wasn't fucking good for me. So I made a life where I could do that. Uh, you have to find what life allows you to be happy while still taking your fucking medication. Because I'm, I'm sorry, man, but you just fucking have to. Uh, and you just have to find what is the least harmful just the one that is the least harmful. You can go through a bunch of different ones. You can try it out, but you just have to find the one that is the least harmful because this happiness that you're feeling right now is very fucking temporary and very precarious. You're standing on the edge of a fucking cliff right now. The fucking the view is beautiful, but the wind's blowing, man. And you could very easily go over the edge. So that's all I got to say. Please take care. Please take care. And let us know how it goes. Yeah, please, please, please let us know how it goes. All right, next letter up. What are we going to call this dude? Snapback turtle. (laughs) This is a real short letter, but it's short to the point, but it's something that we can definitely talk about. It says, uh, I have a serious case of moral hangover. It's been over a month since I got stupid drunk and acted like an idiot in front of a girl I liked. Every time I'm alone, I think about that mistake and feel bad. How can I get over it? Ah, oh, man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord. Lord, how many times? <laughs> oh, my God. How many times? When I was younger, I used to get drunk and then the next day just immediately wake up and start writing apology letters. <laughs> I think I did that for a solid six months of my drinking problems because I, you know, I've talked about this before. I used to be called the hammer yeah. in college <laughs> and the hammer would drink anything and the hammer would do anything and I don't know that was just my alter ego for a really long time and the hammer also told a lot of truths to people that the other people didn't want to hear much like what we do on here except it's people not asking for help or not wanting my opinion on things and man did I dole it out and how many oh god I like you you want to kiss me I've said that phrase to people that did not want to kiss me so many times I can't count on every orifice that I have and you know what it sucks and you live in it and you stew in it and it's the worst god i mean i'm telling you man i still think about nights that i had like that in college that i still feel bad about oh god it, it goes from a pit in your stomach to just a cringe to like to a twinge which like ah fuck that night 
Oh, and you never Jesus. forget it. <laughs> but the thing is that time does heal. And unfortunately, like if it, I don't know if you see this girl all the time or if it's someone that you're actually friends with that maybe you've never talked about it ever again. I mean, now that this is always the best like solution, but when I really screwed up, I kind of would just get drunk around them again and apologize. <laughs> <laughs> And say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I tried to kiss you. I didn't mean to. And usually it's like, oh man, it's all good. You know, we're drunk. And then you laugh about it. Yeah. Because laughing about it is the only way to make it okay again. Yeah. And I'm talking, this is these are like funny fuck. Like this is moral hangover. This is not like bad things that's yeah. a different story altogether yeah this is, I, I mean you said that you acted like an idiot in front of a girl like I, I, that doesn't mean that you from what it sounds like you didn't do anything like bad you didn't harass her or fucking do anything like that like an it idiot. just sounds like you acted like a fucking d- d- jerk off and I've done it so many fucking times so many times also and you have to remember that most likely, this girl is also drunk too. Yeah, she probably doesn't remember that you did it. Maybe not. And if it's someone that you don't really know that well, she might not even have known that you were acting like an idiot in front of her. You know, it might all be it might all be in your head. Yeah, which it, is also a part of the moral hangover. That does happen because it amplifies inside of your head. Which it's like, why did I see that? Why did I do that? And for weirdly enough, for the most part. Other people don't remember the things you said, no. or they weren't listening to you, or the, what you said wasn't as grand and as detrimental as you thought that it was. Because in your head, you think that you walked up to that girl and you said, "Fuck, you're looking fine tonight," <laughs> but in reality, you probably walked up to her and said, "Fuck, you're looking fine." <laughs> <laughs> and she just said, "What?" And you said, "You look cool." Okay, bye. Uh, and that's probably, I mean, that could also po- very much be it. And there's also, you know, you're talking about getting drunk and saying again, like, there have definitely been times where I've, you know, done that thing where it's like you're hanging out with them again. You're just a little, not too drunk, not fucking sloppy, just a little lubricated. And you're like, hey, listen, I'm sorry about the other night. And they're like, what are you talking about? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Don't explain it to them if they don't know what you're talking about. If they don't know what you're talking about, uh, fucking say something like, uh, was that you? Oh, that wasn't you. Yeah, just, yeah, something like, it's like, oh, fuck, I guess, just say like, oh, man, I don't know. I, maybe it wasn't you. I was just fucking blackout drunk, and I had, you know, and I think I acted weird or something like that. I can't even really remember what it was. Anyway, how are you doing? I'm going to go ahead and say that I hate, uh, what is it, Throwback Thursday? Is that what it's called uh, on the Facebook and all that shit? Yeah. Um, it was uh, two months ago or something. Someone did a Throwback Thursday with me in it, and I looked at the picture. It was a picture I had deleted off of my Facebook account because I remembered exactly what was happening when that picture was taken. So I had this guy that I was in love with in college, and we would eat mushrooms every day, and we would write music out by the river. But I, at the time, had about 75 pounds on top of me of what I am now. And he openly wouldn't date me in public because I was too fat. 
So he had his, like, the thin girl that he would go out with, and I was the girl that we had the connections and would have sex with, but he, but no one could know that we had sex. Oh, that sucks. Which, I mean, you know, huge mindfuck for me for a long time. <laughs> but the picture was... Oh, did it? Did that fuck you up? Did it? Did yeah. it fuck me up? <laughs> was it sometimes he would go out with this other girl... And not tell me where they were going because I was the hammer. Yeah. And the hammer showed up at the party. And I, the picture is me in between the two of them, me yelling at him. And I have two tally Coors lights in my hands. And someone took the picture and I looked over at the picture and smiled the smile that like, it looked like you could tell that I was like tears were in my eyes like I was so upset and he looked terrified and the girl was horrified and the guy that posted the ticket and he was just like man you remember when you did this I was like <laughs> why did you because he didn't wouldn't talk to me ever again everyone thought I was insane because I went to this party where no one knew me you know it was like you don't want to be with her. He fucks me. He fucks me. And like, oh. <laughs> Florida State Pride, baby. Those Seminoles, man. Was it number two party school in the United States? That's right. Man. And I deleted the picture off Facebook and I was like, never. I had, oh God. Yeah. It was the worst. Yeah. And so that shit happens. It goes on. And there's not a whole lot that you can do about it uh, otherwise, other than just talking to her about it and hoping that she doesn't remember. And if she does remember, if if you're like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, like that was, you know, I, I kind of acted like an idiot. Uh, and if she does say like, yeah, like, yeah, that was kind of shitty. Uh, and you can try to salvage it from there if she's just like, yeah, that's Honestly, because sucked. if it's a cool girl, and yeah. it's like, yeah, man, you were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, I'm like, sorry. It's like, man, you were fucked up. Yeah. All and right. like, if you find a girl that like thinks it's kind of funny that you made an idiot out of yourself in front of her, that's also a pretty cool chick. Yeah. 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 I mean, just so long as you don't do it all the time no, or anything no, no, no. like that, because they will get tired of that. Yeah. I tell you from experience, they yeah. will get they, sick of that. It does get old. <laughs> it does get old. It's real fucking old, real fucking fast. <laughs> Uh, but you can just still just talk to the girl, and if she acts reacts negatively or is like, like get away from me, you know, man, it's not the end of the fucking world. You learned a lesson. Move on. Yeah, it's fine. And it's all good. And yeah, and you're still you're gonna have that like fucking like drunk twinge type thing. You gotta have that for a while. That's just it's. I still get it every once in a while. Yeah. Let's not fucking I beat around the bush yeah. here. I still get it every once in a while. I have shit that I did like two weeks ago that I'm like, Ugh. me too. <laughs> <laughs> Memorial it's, Day. It's <laughs> what happens when you drink a lot. It's when you drink. <laughs> that means you need to dial it back a bit. Yes. If you wake up with that oh, uh, feeling. Yeah, you fucking scale it back. You turn down the knob because if you drink a lot, you will act like an idiot. Yeah. That is the wages of sin, people. It's just the way it goes. That is something that when you get drunk, you have to take responsibility for that. You have to take responsibility for the fact that if you are the type of person that gets drunk and kind of acts like, like an idiot, then don't get that drunk. That's just something that you're going to have to and fucking And don't put write apology letters every morning because that's, <laughs> you put it all into words then, mm. then it's like, then that could be used as ammo and <laughs> you don't want to put it into words. No, you don't want to do that. You can't do that. No. So, 
Yeah, man. That's uh that's rough, but laugh it off. Laugh it off. It, it's it's fine. You're going to you're going to be good. So Although I have to say the story I just told, I laid in bed and cried about that for about three weeks. <laughs> but that was a different, that was a whole other well, psychological circumstance. That was a lot, I mean, that was a lot of compounding. There was a lot a of lot shit that was things. just kind of building upon building upon building. Oh, that picture is pretty priceless, though. I, it's gone. <laughs> it is now gone. Oh, man, I wanted to see it. It's gone forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that'll be it for today. Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, for writing in. Uh, I know we had a lot of, let- we have a uh, God, we have so many fucking letters to Which get to. Which is awesome, and Which please is, send more. Yeah, please send more. Cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. I know we didn't get to Diaper Guy this day, but, you know, uh, uh, the, the um, you know, Wolf, Wolf. Uh, he got bumped up to the top of the queue. Uh, so we'll get to you next week, uh, and we've got a ton of other letters and so many sweet letters coming in, so many great fucking people, uh, things that, that make my fucking heart skip in my throat. So... Thank you so Thank much you. for all your kind words. Radio at gmail.com is the address. Cause and he's oh. hitting the ball to ones <laughs> out of the field. And so is that we can see <laughs> So go to iTunes and leave a review and a five-star rating for us. Because it helps us get to the top 200 And we can tell people to fuck off Go to iTunes and leave a review Go to iTunes and leave a review Go to iTunes and leave a review Because the change is gonna change Goodbye